The Colorado Sports Guys podcast is brought to you by the Denver Chop House, located in lower downtown, just block away from Coors Field at 19th and Winecoop. That's Winecoop with a K. Go to the Denver Chop House. Check it out. Go in there before, after, during the Rockies games. Get yourself a steak. Get yourself a house-brewed beer. Get yourself a roast beef au jus. You know how we do. Go to the Denver Chop House. They love us. We love you. And enjoy the show. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. Hey, what's up, everybody out there in Tangled in the Interwebs? We are back recording the Colorado Sports Guys show. We are at Jake's Food and Spirits at 3800 Walnut Street. With me, as always, Ross, hips his glasses, Martin. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast, where the West lives on and on and on. Making his way all the way down here from Thornton, we got the king himself, Jeff Morton. What's up, everybody? And I would like to point out to Ross that a chicken coop is spelled with a C in my defense. I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Don't know what that means, but good job, Jeff. And of joining us from 1023 ESPN as well as Fox 31 on the weekends, and maybe a celebrity list golfer, Les <laughs> Shapiro. I'm a little worried. I, I thought I walked into an episode of Hee Haw for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Hee Haw. Woo-hoo. You might have. Sometimes we like to improvise. We like to share microphones, improvise, all that good stuff. As long as you wear a rubber, nobody will catch anything. <laughs> It's, well, that, that, we've got protective coating on the mics. Yes, we do. Yeah, brings us into our next one. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. U.S. obviously uh, played a World Cup game today against Belgium. Not sure if the results have been revealed yet. We'll find out what happens with that a little bit later. Uh, nugget stuff to talk about. They just had their draft. Free agency's already open. There's guys getting signed all over the place. Broncos doing anything? Not yet. Players' brothers are getting arrested in yes. Dallas. Breaking news. Today, yet another Bronco was not arrested. Not arrested. Nice. Just thought we'd let everybody know that. In, in Dallas. Yes. That, yeah. That's good. <laughs> I think that's good. But Well, we actually, we could probably start with that, that uh, Aqib Tlaib uh, brother being arrested. I, well, and, my greatest question about the whole situation was, first of all, why is the Dallas Police Department putting on tweets after arrests? I mean... <laughs> do they do that for everybody who's publicly intoxicated or just for this guy who they thought was an NFL player? And then my second question is, what in the world was Mrs. Tlaib thinking naming two sons with the letter Q's in their name? <laughs> Yakub and Akib. Really? Yakub, Akib. Well, it's, it's uh, actually, you know, I never really thought about that. You know, when I saw the, when I saw the tweet, I was like, that's weird that the... Dallas Police Department would be tweeting out, tweeting out an arrest. I think they do that when the guy's being a total dick. Ah. And he's saying things like, don't you know who I am? I'm an NFL football player and misrepresenting himself. I think the cops can't wait to get back and be like, all right, guy, then we're tweeting it out. I, I think that must have been what it is. It could be, but he did put the hashtag NFL on it. <laughs> the police did? That was very weird. Yeah, a bit yeah. overzealous. Crowing about the whole thing. Hashtag NFL. Yeah. They should have done hashtag we got him. <laughs> we got him. We got him. <laughs> it's over. He's been Mission captured. accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> they have a big banner behind him. Yeah, that would yeah. be good. So anyway, yeah, that was a little bizarre. That was a bizarre incident in Broncos land. But other than that, there really isn't any Broncos news to talk, talk about. So uh, uh, we can uh, go into other things, Nate. Yeah, when we crossed into the 120th minute, or I guess a little extra time, therein. I pronounced it was baseball season because Team USA no longer in the World Cup. I'm Sadly. so happy we're talking soccer. Yeah. Because after watching for the last three weeks, <laughs> I am an aficionado. Oh, you are? So if you have yeah. any soccer questions, fire away. Um, That's all it takes, by the way. Three weeks, which is about how long these oh, games yeah. seem to last. Every American <laughs> is now an expert when it comes to the game of soccer. The one thing I noticed is that it, it's not soccer is not a complicated sport. But there's people, and they're, they're, the hockey people are the same way. People that are diehard hockey fans are upset when a bunch of people start paying attention to hockey 
but they're also upset when people ignore hockey. Yeah. It's the same way the soccer fans yeah. have been. How could and, you not love it? It's such a great game. We love it. Why don't you love it? And then the Avs start winning, and everybody jumps on the bandwagon and tries to talk hockey, and then the hockey fans get pissed off because... Where were you three months ago when this was starting and we were telling you it was starting? You know what? Give it a rest. See, that's the thing is nobody knows you anything like it, about great. it. great. Nobody else likes it, so what? <laughs> and, and by the way, watching a lot of a sport doesn't make you uh, know a lot about that sport. That's true. No, that's for sure. So, that's true. That's, Any Bronco no fan can tell you that. <laughs> hey, sometimes being on radio and TV doesn't mean you know what you're talking about. But uh, let, let me just boil it down to here. Present company excluded. Yes, of course. <laughs> the, the, even though... I really, really thought about this after our experience with the Avs run in the playoffs and their good season and this soccer uh, ex- time. And I, I, I thought about it, and I thought, they're really hipsters. Soccer players? Soccer fans oh. and hockey fans are hipsters. How's that? They liked it before everyone else liked it. Now they're upset that you're liking it. That's essentially what's happening. I liked soccer like 28 years ago when I played it. So, in your face. You liked it because... You were five years old. Yeah, when your mom and dad would form the bridge and you get to run through it. That was cool. You don't remember the score of the game, but you got to run through the bridge. I I will tell you that I can see where your point is here, Jeff, about hipsters. Hockey players are not hipsters because they're they're just not even cool. Like, hipsters are cool, right? Soccer players are definitely hipsters, but more than just because of the cool factor, but because of the scarves. Oh, when the you scarves, wear a scarf when yeah. it's eighty-five degrees outside and you're still wearing the scarf, that that's a big well, indicator. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I had trouble watching the U.S. team play for these last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, me too. The, the temperature's been hot. The humidity has been off the charts. They're wearing <laughs> polo shirts buttoned all the way to the top. What is that all about? <laughs> we, and then they complain that they're hot. This is like, we need a water break. Yeah, well, how about unbuttoning your shirt? <laughs> Just let the chest hair come out is what you need. Don't we have better technology for that now? Couldn't they have had something a little more wicking, a little more cooler? I don't think Under Armour has progressed to the MLS, though. Have you guys seen that towel commercial for that uh, cooling towel? You can wear wear it on your face, some fishermen, and Mia Hammer endorsing it. Yes, I have seen that. They need jerseys for that. Nate, I work during the day, so uh, (laughs) I haven't seen these uh, infomercials (laughs) you're speaking of, but send me the YouTube video. (laughs) 1-800- <laughs> D-R-Y-T-O-W-L. I would think maybe with a baby you're staying up late, too. You That's know? right, because it would be on like a late-night television. Yeah. Ross clicks through, but of course, Ross doesn't have late-night television. So you guys, Ross doesn't have cable. You guys still going to be... Uh, if they were dry wipes, he'd know all about them. Now that he's a new father. He's got him. Dry wipes. Yeah. Never. <laughs> so you guys think you'll still uh, keep watching the World Cup now that Team USA is out? That's a great question. I don't think I will. What? You traitor. I thought you were into soccer now, man. You got the hat and everything. <laughs> I, I just can't. I can't devote that much of my time to it. But, you know, I thought about it, and I realized I played soccer when I, for about five years when I was a kid, like every kid, right? And I knew a lot about the game when I was that age, and I drifted away from it, but I remember really enjoying it when I played it. So I'm, I'm, I'm having conflicting memories of enjoying playing soccer and then not having the patience to watch well, soccer. Well, playing yeah. and watching are two different things. For instance, we've got in this state thousands and thousands and thousands of people who love to ski and love to snowboard, but they don't watch it on TV. That's true. That's a good point. That's yeah. true. Thank you. Thank you very much. I will be watching... The, exactly. It's uh, it's it's more of a. Uh, and by the way, soccer like everybody plays with their little kids. Oh, of course. But um, I'm going to keep watching it. I, here's the thing. I uh, I don't go out and do a lot of like uh, night watching, sky watching at night. I don't watch comets, you know. But when Haley's comet comes around every 86 years, I do go out and watch that. Once. Once <laughs> when I was four years old. And hopefully again when I'm 90. But I do like the World Cup because, and this is what I've talked about before, soccer has, it's not as exciting as football by far, as American football. It's not as exciting as basketball, and, and I would say even baseball. But it does have some advantages going for it. They have uninterrupted play. They have no commercials. It is only a two-hour exercise to watch a game, even though sometimes it can feel like exercise because it's a little tedious. That game the other morning with Brazil was the worst 
It's the reason why people hate soccer. But the World <laughs> Cup, every four years, I'm into it. I'll keep watching it, and I'll enjoy it. Here's my guess. Um, the nation got behind it. Yeah. And it is a once-every-four-year deal. So we probably will only watch it once every four years. However, we turned on a whole generation to the sport. They saw that there are great athletes on the pitch, as we like to call it. <laughs> we. Uh, and, and, yeah. <laughs> we. We aficionados. We call it the pitch. We. Um, and, and I think you'll see a lot of young kids take up the sport and maybe even stick with it once they get into high school and beyond. Because right now what's happening is, like you, Jeff, everybody plays when they're younger, but then we get to be around junior high age, and the guys start yep. to see that there's more money and more notoriety and more girls when you play basketball, football, and baseball. Soccer, not so much, unless, of course, you live overseas somewhere. You know, this also happened with cycling, with road racing. Lance Armstrong came in and became a uh, huge, what was he, Tour de France winner? And now everybody and their mother is a uh, now a road cyclist, and they're clogging up all the roads. It's the same thing. I think you're right, Les. The soccer, we're going to be annoyed by soccer fans for generations to come <laughs> because of this. I take it back. This is, a de- this is devastating. <laughs> Still also think that... Uh, it's a bad, bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some guys, too, that did pretty well for themselves. Tim Howard obviously made a pretty good oh, name he for was, himself. He, he, was, he, he was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> he actually was at uh, the most saves for a goalie since 1960-something. Yeah. The US modern era. to play without a defense today, so that Well, yeah, helped that helped. That, uh, that, that kind of, it was stat padding is what it was. <laughs> yeah, he was padding stats. Jermaine Jones, I think, kind of made a name for himself, too. I mean, he kind of came on in the spotlight there a little bit. Yeah, and uh, who was the guy who scored the goal in the uh, extra time? That kid. Eric Green? Is it something green? Not Eric Green. That they was had green, green though. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like the fact that it was, you know, kind of captivating. But again, I don't know if kids in the U.S. dream about moving overseas to play soccer. They, they'd want to well, do f- it here. A right? few might now. I mean, really, th- this whole country went bonkers for this stuff. Every sports bar in the United States w- was filled with people. Soldier Field. I mean, was th- this was like this was like the first day of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, nobody worked. That's true. Everybody was either streaming it live on their computer or watching it on TV or calling in sick. Talking everybody to a guy was today watching that his, his boss sent everybody home, and they're like, yeah. do we need to make up the time? He was like, yeah. no, like, take it off. You're good. When was the last time you thought that soccer would be like that, though? I mean, it's like I don't even remember in past World Cups where there was that much interest. Well, I think it's getting more exposure now. Yeah, uh, I, Social media certainly helps. Yeah. The fact that you know we've all got 900 channels on the TV now and we can watch the Premier League late at night yes. or early in the morning. Um, so, you know, more exposure makes for more fans. More fans makes for more athletes. And, uh, you know, it'll grow. But we've been hearing this for the, for the past four or five decades. Oh, soccer's just going to explode. Yeah. Well, it hasn't exploded yet. But you know what? It is taking... It is taking incremental steps. It's taking small steps. I think it's going to take an even bigger step after this simply because of the exposure it's gotten this World Cup. And the other thing is the last one was in South Africa. Totally games were played in the middle of the night. Very difficult to watch. And the other thing which finally um, somebody managed to do was they were able to make all the games available on the Internet. Having something just available on over cable or satellite television in the middle of the night is not going to do a lot, but they really made it accessible. And ESPN actually did a very good job yes, with they did. this. And, I, I mean, of course, I had to steal my parents' password for their Dish Network to uh, watch it at work. <laughs> but a lot of people, I'm sure, did that. So, you know. Hey, if, uh, if you were a soccer fan um, 20, 30 years ago, you had to go pay-per-view. Yes. Or, or go to a movie theater that well, was doing it, and you had to pay to watch the final game. Right. You couldn't even watch all the games leading up. Absolutely. So it's it's making strides, and, and the exposure, you know, ESPN does a fabulous job promoting itself. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people saw it who, who wouldn't normally have seen it. Well, you know. I kind of got sick of that. Yeah. You know, contributing to it, and maybe the only to a very minor extent, would be even though there are concussions in soccer 
because you're hitting the ball. It's a physical sport. It's a physical sport. It's, you have mothers devoting time and wanting their kids to go into soccer rather than football. American football. Well, football is going to have that problem going forward. It's yeah. already having that problem. Yeah. When you have when you have football players and ex football players who are saying, "I don't want my kid playing my sport," you got a problem. And and I think that's going to contribute and feed into the popularity, such as it is, of soccer in, in, going in, forward. In a lot of sports, yeah. yeah, you'll see more kids who are going to play football now playing basketball, baseball, maybe hockey, soccer, lacrosse. Who knows? Yep. Soccer's pretty cheap too, right? I mean, all you need is oh, it's the cheapest cleats. sport to play. That and that and basketball. Yeah. yeah, that's why Ghana has a has a World Cup team. <laughs> Way to go, Ross! So you guys kind of brought it up. <laughs> you guys kind of brought it up there with with hockey a little bit. The Avalanche kind of made some news today. Uh, Paul Stasny signed with the St. Louis Blues, and the Avalanche did a uh, turn back the clock and signed Jerome McGinley, who's I think. 64 years old this season? 65. I think he turned 65, 65. in August. Yeah. I don't, I, listen, I, don't, I, I know nothing about hockey, but... Then I why do, are you talking? I do, yeah. <laughs> because I like to hear my own voice, Les. <laughs> I have the same uh, problem that most uh, radio people have. I can actually <laughs> confirm that. I, I'll confirm that. <laughs> but I do know uh, Jerome McGinley, and I do know that he is... And that the, the angle I take on this is it's, it's good to have... A minority hockey player in Denver. That's the, my thought. It was like we have finally have a person of color on the ice. So we want them. we want white Nuggets and black Avalanche. <laughs> 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 oh my God! What's happening? <laughs> what is the big deal about having a, a an African American on skates? Because there's mean, five of them. There are there are none of there there are virtually no African Americans in Denver. I mean, the, the, the African-American population, and I know this because I, I recently looked it up. The African-American population in, in Denver is 5%. The Hispanic wow, population is about 7 Oh, excuse me, 3%. The Hispanic population is about 17%, and the rest of it's white. Well, A few Asians, but the rest of it's pretty much white. Yeah. And that's why everybody wanted Doug McDermott to stay with the Denver Nuggets because he was the great white hope. I was just going to say that. Will the black hockey player become everybody's favorite hockey player the way the white basketball player on the Nuggets always is the, fa- the favorite uh, local player like Chris Birdman <laughs> Anderson was That's true. a couple years ago? Now that I think about that, you know what always bugged me? You know, it was when the Broncos were doing the Super Bowl, running through the Super Bowl heyday, and afterwards... Ed McCaffrey is the one who got all the pub around town. Yeah. When Rod Smith was the better receiver. Well, well look, at what, look at what's happened the last couple of years, guys. Um, who was better, Eric Decker or Demarius Thomas? Demarius. St- I mean, they both put up great numbers. Yeah. They were both very good wide receivers the last couple of years. Yeah. But DT is clearly the better receiver. You're far better. Who got all now. the commercials? <laughs> Eric Decker. Yeah, who got the reality TV show? Eric Decker. That's right. Who, yeah. got, who got invited to... Uh, you know, to all the golf tournaments. Who's doing the Williams Jewelers commercial? That's right. So. Even Wes Welker got a ton of pub you know, after coming here. I mean, he obviously has numbers too. but And it's not like Eric Decker was the most articulate white guy we've ever been around. He was not. I mean, even his wife made fun of the fact he spoke with a mumble mouth. <laughs> but he was asked to do a whole lot more than Demarius Thomas. Because yeah. this is a white city. That's true. It's white bread. <laughs> Wonder bread. Straight from the right. mouth of Lester Shapiro. <laughs> speaking so, the truth. It, is Aginlin any good then anymore? I mean, is yeah, he, still he scored okay? 31 goals for Boston last year. Did he? he was a plus 34. That's huge. Nice. You Better don't understand what that means, Jeff. I have no plus idea what you're talking about. What, 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 plus 34. Plus 34 as in what? It means he was on the ice for 34 more goals that his team scored versus the other team. Same plus minus which as basketball. You, which oh. tell, which, oh, okay. yeah, which yeah. tells you he played some defense, too. Oh, so it's the and same principle. And he's physical, okay. and he's smart, and, uh, and, and he, he's really good in the playoffs. So he was better Has than been. Stasny. He, he, I'm not. I, I don't know about that. Um, well, Stasny but, got but seven million dollars per year. But is still right? a very good player. Because that seemed to be the move. Is they, they let Stasny go for Aginla is what it, what it looks like at least. Well, they didn't want to pay him seven per year. Right. I don't think St. Louis is paying him Stasny seven million dollars a year, and the Avs felt that that would throw their pay structure out of whack. What is a big hockey contract even like per about year? that? Right about, about that. seven million. That's yeah. big. Yeah. They don't get the double digits like. JaVale McGee making $11 million a year? They make no. far less money in <laughs> hockey no. than their they sal- do in basketball. Their salary cap in the NHL this year is going to be about $69 mil. 
Okay. And in the NBA, it's well the the, the luxury tax starts going to be almost eighty million dollars. Okay, so you're talking year, about so another yeah. talking about another eleven million dollars they can play with, and there. less people on the roster. But the too. NBA yeah, salary cap so what sixty three? But yeah, less less players on the roster for sure. Yeah, the ta- I I never consider the 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 salary cap the actual tax cap in the NBA. not in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. Um, tax so yeah, but it's a you know, and as Les was pointing out with Doug McDermott, you know that you got. You got everyone freaking out, thinking, "Oh, Doug McDermott." When I look at him and think, yeah. "Okay, he's got superstar potential, Jeff." <laughs> Does he, <laughs> Dougie McBuckets? <laughs> no, sadly, he does not. We'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, you're right, and it's and it's kind of that thing. But it's good for the Abs that they made some splashes today because I think the fan base was kind of needing that. Well, they picked up a few other players, including a defenseman from San Jose. Yeah, uh, Stewart, Brad Stewart, I think, is his name. Um, so they look like they've gotten a little bit better. Um, how much better? I'm not sure, but a little bit better. Okay. It's, it kind of reminds me of, I'd love to relate everything to the NBA. Like, Phoenix was pretty good last year, 48 wins. Yeah. And then far exceeding expectations. All of a sudden you hear rumors that they're trying to go after LeBron and Carmelo. And it's like, is that a young team, the Avalanche or a young team, trying to take too big of a step too soon? No. Or, or is it time to make those steps? No, it's time to make those steps. And they hadn't the last couple of years. They had been well below the salary cap. Right. And didn't go after any big name, big money free agents because they didn't feel they were ready to win because they were so young. Now, they're ready to win. They made the playoffs. They, they, a lot of people would say they should have gotten out of the first round. Yeah. And now, with these improvements... I think there's a good chance they will get out of the first round. This is a good team, especially if Varlamov gets better in goal. So, yeah, this is the time to pay more money, to increase that payroll, uh, and take that next step. So I think they timed it right. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I like it. We're going to go over there. We're here, Andy. Andy Feinstein stopping in on the We're trying to work, Andy. (laughs) Get lost, all right? You want to say hello? This is your this is your restaurant. Go fire somebody. <laughs> I'm just, let us do our work. I'm just here, honored okay? that uh, the Godfather of Denver sports media is <laughs> gracing us with his presence here. Well, Isn't well, that you, what you Andy. called Clough oh, the last time he was? <laughs> yeah, he was the dean. He was the dean. <laughs> the dean. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the Godfather. I spread my. So I basically can have people killed. Is what yes. you're saying? Yes. Okay. If fire, you don't give him, the, if you don't have the microphone back, I'm going to have you killed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it back to Nate. <laughs> Appreciate Andy always stopping by. We're again here at Jake's Food and Spirits, 3800 Walnut Street. Always delicious beers, food, whatever you need. They got it. I had a good 3800 Walnut with a W. With a W. W. Not with a C. I had a very good turkey melt. (laughs) Yeah, turkey melt. A little spice, a little chipotle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had the hummus again. It was very good. Um, But, you know, I like to see that the fact that they're, they're spending a little money, even though I don't watch hockey. A lot of the complaints that you get about the Avalanche, considering I cover the Nuggets and it kind of seeps over, is that the fact they always call them cheap. But I mean, you could say that you the know? Avs are a lot closer to hey. the title than the Nuggets are right now, so yeah. why not go for yeah, it? Yeah, wait a second. Were they cheap back in the know. 90s and the, and the uh, first half of the they 2000s? Were not. No, they were not. In fact, they spent a lot of money. Yes, they did. And they brought a winner here. And all those people who say, oh, well, you know, Josh Kroenke and Stan Kroenke, they love the Nuggets, so they're not going to spend money on the Avs. Whenever the Avs are good, uh, the Nuggets aren't. Whenever the Nuggets are good, the Avs aren't. They never spend money on both teams. That's a bunch of bull. Right now, they're spending money on both teams. Oh, yeah. Right that, Jeff. Don't look at me. I, I, if Nuggets I, won't if, pay if the luxury I, tax, if right, Jeff? If, if, yeah, bastard. You don't see them going into the luxury tax, do you? <laughs> the Nuggets? Yeah. They did for a long time. Well, they did. When and, Carmelo was here and well, Kenny yeah, Martin they, and those yeah, guys, but they, yeah, but they, they, did they were they paying had, a luxury tax. They did it when they had Iverson here, but we all know that was a panic move because the Melo was out for the suspension. It's the only reason Iverson came. They had to do, they had to do something. They, it was like, oh, my God, yeah, we're going to lose this. The point is they spend money when they feel the time is right on both teams. And the so I think right that now, criticism is unwarranted. I think the timing for the Nuggets right now isn't right, which is why, Jeff, you're not seeing it. But next couple of years, I, if they how make did another I, how jump, did I get, maybe. How did I get brandished as someone who's advocating they go into the luxury tax this season? I think you death <laughs> protest too much, Jeff. You know the truth. You know what? Just Nugget, take a look you're, in the mirror. Nuggets hater. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can find, we go back on the podcast and find Jeff's quote of the Nuggets will never yeah. pay the luxury tax again. You're just a and hater. the history of their team. You're a hater. And until I'm proven wrong, I'm right. <laughs> oh, touche. Well played, sir. Well played. 
So, uh, should we dive in? No, wait. Didn't they try to trade for Kevin Love? Would have had to pay him. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Didn't they say they were picking up the phone to call LeBron and his agent? And LeBron wants a max contract? Everyone called Come LeBron. On. I think as right? Chris Dempsey coined it, kicking the tires on LeBron James. Kicking the tires. <laughs> He's on his way. He hasn't signed with Miami yet. We still got him. You know what? It's, just, with it's encouraging that they're doing that. And it tells you that ownership is telling them, hey, go for it. Right? I mean, wouldn't you rather have them call LeBron and have them call Minnesota about Kevin Love than, than, say, than throw up their hands like the Rockies do every offseason or every trading deadline and say, ah, you know what, uh, we're going to just try to develop our young guys and not go after big money free agents or, or trade for guys who are paid high salaries. I guess you're forgetting about a couple guys like uh, Mike Hampton and Denny Nagel. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and you know how many years ago that was? <laughs> Wasn't that like before the turn of the century? <laughs> But there's, there are people in town, though, that feel like that's exactly what the Nuggets are doing. They're, I read an article recently that was stating that very fact, that the Nuggets are waiting to see what this roster is going to do. They know they'll never win, and they just want to be competitive. Well, don't you first want to see if JaVale McGee can turn out to be one of the better centers in the league? Don't you want to see what Danilo Gallinari is just two years removed from 17 points a game? Yeah. Don't you want to see if these guys can develop? Look. I, you know, you guys listen to me on the radio and watch me on TV all the time. You know how I feel about the NBA. If yeah. you don't have two or three All-Stars, you got no chance at winning a title. But it's not that easy to just, you know, All-Stars don't grow on trees. Exactly. To use a really old expression. They, no, they do not. <laughs> they, they do not grow on trees, and that's just a point I've made repeatedly. Until the women of the planet um, start producing uh, transcendent NBA players at a higher rate than they do now, then it's just not, it's just going to be what it is. You cannot make the NBA more mediocre. Well, then we need to start breeding tall men with tall women. <laughs> because really, farm. there are far too many tall men going out with short women. There's, and, and, and I, I'm going to start a farm in Nucleus somewhere, and I'm going to say this is going to be the tall person farm, and it's going to be for specifically for ba- basketball, and it's going to be like a trout farm, and we're going to see if we finally get this problem Here, solved. Here's, a, here's an idea. When you establish the, the farm do it next to, like, Chernobyl. All right? Forget about seven-footers. We want eight-footers. Nine-footers. Is that where Jerkic came from? Yeah. It was from... Jerkic? 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 It's Nurkic. Nurkic. Yeah, that's where he's from, I think. Nurkic? Uh, is he from Croatia? Bosnia. 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 He's, the he's Bosnian one of the Baltic bear. countries. Yes. yes. One of the Baltic countries. Well, we were now transitioning into the. The draft. only thing I know about the Baltic is from playing Monopoly. Yeah, yeah, but me too. Baltic Ave, baby. That's right. <laughs> Got to get that one. Transitioning back into the draft. Uh, Do we have to? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Les, Nate, and I were all at draft night, uh, yucking it up Ross in the press uh, press Ross was drunk somewhere. I hope. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that, but I will say this, just real quick before yeah. you guys get into the draft talk. I predicted a boring. Outcome. I I, th- I feel vindicated after what happened, but I'll let you guys uh, go ahead and continue. Boring as far as the Nuggets picks go, especially really? specifically specifically to the Nuggets picks. What would have ex- what what would have been on the exciting side? I had already handed the microphone over to <laughs> Nate before you asked that question. <laughs> oh, well, I'll, I'll be taking no questions. <laughs> I'm just releasing a statement. I plead the one, two, three, four. Just so you know, <laughs> Wiggins wasn't available at number eleven. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's like, he's sorry, like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, we were all there draft night. Um, it was fun. I think uh, the we were at the, the pro Zach Levine table. Yes, we were. We, we occupied the We Zach all Levine wanted table. Zach Levine. Yeah. And I believe when, uh, when Doug McDermott was drafted, there was a, a depression that set in. Yes, there's, there, was a a palpable, there was a palpable dis, uh, uh, depression. Well, tell everybody why we wanted Zach Levine. Well, Superstar potential. Because yeah. we thought he could be that all-star. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And I have a video Eventually. of Mr. Levine up on the Colorado Sports Guys YouTube page that uh, basically shows what he was doing at workout. We were all there at his workout, right? Right. So we, we saw, all saw the same thing. We all saw the dunk that he ended practice with, or the, the workout with, which was insane. And it wowed us. We were like, oh, wait, here's a guy who has potential... That potential, it's a boomer bust guy. Okay, either he's going to be terrible or he's going to be 
phenomenal. And it attracted, I think, all of us, right? If I don't want to speak for all of us, but I think that's what attracted all of us. And I think the weird thing about Minnesota taking Levine at 13 was Flip Saunders repeatedly telling people that he wants veteran players for Kevin Love that can help that team win now. And then all of a sudden he drafts a guy that's going to take at least two years to be productive. So it kind of went against what he's been saying that he wants in trade talks. Well, that basically tells you that he knows Love is gone, you know, and they're basically, it's out the door. So... You know, listen, get the be- guy with the best side. Of course, then... Did you say love is gone? Because I think the correct phrase is, love is here and now you're gone. That's true. Right. That's true. I should have, I should have gone that direction. Right. I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, if Les wasn't here, it wouldn't have been corrected like that. Though, nuggets so. trade for Kevin Love. We're going to ship Jeff out to Minnesota. Candace Hoopas. <laughs> I hear it's lovely this time of year. Yes, yeah, so, uh, Lovely. What did, you guys, what did you guys think of Zach Levine's reaction to getting drafted? He oh, his, my goodness. His head on the table. Oh, my goodness. May or may not have muttered fuck me at, the, at that point. Un- unbelievable. I yeah. can't wait to see the T-shirts. He's been watching football all day. He's shit-faced. <laughs> football. It's a good one. It's a good sport. And he's out of here. <laughs> An interesting party. Come over. You didn't handle that like uh, Matt Lauer does on the Today Show, you know. You, you know. <laughs> Get out of here! Is that what Matt Lauer does? Just screams at guys? I should have done that. Um, so are we just going to edit like this last minute out? Oh, no, that's that it. <laughs> really? That's valuable because podcasting. Because it's really bad radio. <laughs> oh, I'm far too lazy. Not for to, podcast. I'm far <laughs> too lazy to edit that out. Um, back to the Nuggets draft. Yeah. Well, well, well you yeah. talked about depression. No, back to Zach Levine's reaction, because I didn't hear this. Can you guys explain to me what Oh, happened? yeah, yeah, yeah. Go so, ahead, Nate. You tell him. So, yeah, he gets his 13th pick is about to be called. I'm sure he already knows he's going to Minnesota. The agents or the team reaches out to the guy prior to the pick. So the camera takes a close-up of Zach. Yeah, and he's got his head on his table, and then he looks up and mutters. But after he stands up and goes to give a hug to the gal handing out the caps, he mutters, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> and then they tried to explain afterwards. He, he and his agent said he's a very emotional kid that says that phrase a lot. Yeah, right. When Especially he when he's drafted by Minnesota. There's only one other scenario where that phrase would be acceptable, and it's not in that situation. Okay, no, it's somewhere on Colfax. Yeah. So obviously they're lying. He was very disappointed, but it was funny because he wasn't the only player that had a disappointed reaction well, by being drafted by that team. Well, that before team. we get to that, the T-Wolves actually put out a statement that night of the draft, because the whole nation saw him say that, and the Timberwolves put out a statement saying, um, despite what you might have seen on television, uh, we intend to keep Zach Levine. <laughs> Seriously. That's right, they did. <laughs> I'm sure the fans weren't very happy with that, but... That was crazy. Well, I had to have, you know, listen, when the Nuggets were the Siberia of the NBA, I'm sure players would get hey, have the same reaction. You frankly, know? that's what I said when the Nuggets passed him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Net, uh, Les was, like, throwing things. And, Fuck you know, yeah. me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. See, that's, that's the money shot. That's, what that's the all-star. For. That's the guy they should have <laughs> taken. So what, do you, what did you guys think of how the Nuggets did in the draft, trading uh, Doug McDermott for two picks, 16 to 19? Well, talk about depression. The Nuggets take McDermott, and he seemed to be a favorite of a lot of Nuggets fans. At least that's what I saw yeah. on Twitter and Facebook and, and every other social platform. And then they immediately, four minutes later, the trade was announced that they're sending him to Chicago. And Nuggets fans were depressed. They wanted that guy. Now, you guys follow the NBA so closely. Do you think McDermott would have been a good fit here? No. Nate? I don't think so. I think with, with the roster they have, I don't, I don't see where he would have gotten minutes right away. And I don't know. I'm pretty skeptical about him as a player anyway. I Can't just, play defense. And Brian Shaw wants guys who play defense. Yeah. And I think he's going he's gonna to have trouble getting a shot off in the NBA. He's just not, he's not terribly athletic. He's a great shooter when he's open going against smaller guys in college. But in the NBA, he's listed as a six foot eight power forward. Now he might have to play small forward, Probably. but he's listed as a six foot eight power forward. Yeah. He's going to be going against guys six nine, six ten, quicker than him, bigger bodies than him. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think he's going to be a guy who will hit you one or two three pointers during a game. 
I don't know that he can help you any other way. Yeah. And that's not the way Brian Shaw wants to play. Yeah. He wants guys who can get their own shot in a half-court offense and who can play defense in a half-court defense. Yeah. I don't think he's a good fit. Yeah, I totally agree. Especially in Chicago, if they don't get somebody like Carmelo to really open up the floor, he's going to have trouble there. But He is a better fit there because without D. Rose... They are, de- even with D-Rose, they're desperate for scoring there. They all play great D. Yeah. But yeah. they don't score very well. No, yeah. not at all. And they don't have any really offensive-minded players there, based on the way Thibodeau coaches, too. So, But I'll say that he, was an, he, would, he would not have been an okay fit, and I don't believe the Nuggets, just based on how quickly the, quick the trade was, I don't think the, this was a situation where the Nuggets were picking McDermott. I think they were picking for Chicago. Yeah, 100%. Oh, so, no yeah. so I think Nuggets fans need to look at it that way. The Nuggets weren't picking him because they liked him and then, oh, got a trade. They were there picking him because they had already traded, and that's what Chicago wanted. So, at the same time, they better way. hope that Doug McDermott doesn't become Dirk Nowitzki. You know, he's, oh, he doesn't he have won't. the same height. No. But, he's 6'8". Yeah. Yeah, I don't He's see not that. a seven-footer, but... We'll see what happens. They better just hope he's not Adam Morrison. So Yeah, I, I kind of briefly touched on it when I wrote my recap of the draft, and I, I was kind of wondering what the Nuggets were going to do. And had they drafted McDermott and kept him, I would have been a little skeptical thinking that the Nuggets were really trying to push forward with the team they have. But I thought with the two picks, even the three picks, if you had Jokic in there, it seemed to me that the Nuggets have an eye for a little bit of a long-term plan. They want to be a little patient with yep. Yusuf Nurkic which I didn't know if they were going to do that on draft night, so I was kind of happy that they took him and they took a guy that's kind of NBA-ready in, in yeah. Gary Harris. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Gary Harris fell to them at 19, fell to him, and they got tremendous value for someone who was projected to go 10 or 11. You know, So, I mean, falling all the way to 19, that's tremendous value for that pick. I had trouble figuring out when we all talked to him over the phone uh, in that conference call afterwards. I had trouble <laughs> figuring out if he was happy or if he was pissed that he fell to 19. He didn't sound real happy, did he? He didn't sound happy. Um, I couldn't determine a lot of things from him. Um, we all struggled to find out who his favorite player was. So. Yeah. So, so one reporter, <laughs> now you've got to picture this. We're in this little media room, with a, and, and there are about 20 media guys looking at a phone <laughs> because we have Gary Harris on conference call, all right? Yeah. So one reporter from the Associated Press says to him, Gary, um, who's your favorite player in the NBA? Who do you model your game after? And he spent a good 15, 20 seconds deflecting the question. <laughs> well, you know, I just like to work hard. Yeah. I, uh, there are a lot of guys I like to watch, blah, blah, blah. And I thought I'd help out that reporter. And I had a follow-up question. I said, Gary, when you sit down in your living room and you turn on the TV to watch an NBA game, who do you like to watch more than anybody else? And again, for about 20 seconds, he's hemming and hawing and saying, well, you know, I just like to watch the game, and I like to play the game, and I work hard, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the, the, the conference call ends about, I don't know, 30 seconds later, we hang up. Gary can't hear us. And I finally just blurt out, Gary, who the fuck is your favorite NBA player? How hard is that question? Huh? Huh? Now, nobody, nobody but, but less I mean, verbalized what we were all the, thinking. The Nuggets didn't hear it, you know, and Gary didn't hear it. But I just, you know what? I, I just had to, I had to let it out. <laughs> less ver- really verbalized what we were all thinking. Is that a hard fucking question, yeah. Gary? Yeah. I mean, seriously. You got a favorite player? Whose jersey have you bought? Are there? Is there? Is his agent on the other side just being like, "Don't, don't answer, answer that. that. It's a trick question." <laughs> Denver's the toughest media town in the country. Yeah. If you ask that, they're gonna. If you answer that, they're gonna crucify you. That is the ultimate. or say Chauncey Billups, <laughs> or you can't say Chauncey. But other than that, don't say anything. And that is the ultimate softball question, right? I mean, you're yeah. Like, who's your favorite? Who's player? your favorite player? I mean, that's uh, that's the question you get at draft workouts. And I, I believe you mentioned something about. After he figured out he was going to be in the NBA, he stopped having favorite players so that he could, because he knew he was going to compete against them. And I didn't know if yeah, that was, whatever. I don't know if that's something nice to like about him if he is a, a, a that much of a competitor or if he's just trying to say the right things. Yeah, all the time. You know what the perfect answer would have been, Gary? Who's your favorite player? Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> <laughs> or if he just went to Gary's, who's your favorite player? Gary Harris is my favorite player. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, Yusuf Norkic is... Uh, Gary Harris don't want to answer that question. Yeah, right <laughs> Yusuf Norkic's uh, uh, teleconference was interesting in itself when we couldn't really determine what he was talking about. And he doesn't have a great relationship with the English language yet. So well, I'll give him a pass, but uh, less... But it sounded like an old Saturday Night Live skit. Remember when they used to ask the guy... Uh, <laughs> Um, oh, I can't remember what his name. It was some somebody Garrett, uh, Garrett Morris, an, an African, yeah, an African uh, American guy, and he played a baseball player from South America or from Cuba or from yeah. Mexico, whatever. And they would interview him and they'd say, uh, "So, how do you feel about playing ball in America?" I so happy, happy to be here. <laughs> I, I take the cello cab to the ballpark. I hit the ball. That's that's what Nurkic was like. How, was. Do you feel, how do you feel yourself about being drafted by the Nuggets? I so so happy. How, I, yeah, it's very happy. And so, then so happy. we asked him. Now he did actually answer the question though that you asked though. So he did. what question was that? His favorite player, Kobe Bryant. Oh, that's wasn't right. it? No, Kobe. all he said. All he said was Kobe. Kobe. And and I wasn't sure because he doesn't have a command of the English language. I wasn't sure if he thought I asked him what his favorite beef was, <laughs> or or his favorite basketball player. This is Kobe beef. All he said was Kobe. He didn't say Kobe Bryant. He just said Kobe. I keep hearing that once he does kind of get command of the English language, that we're going to love him. That he's a great storyteller, practical joker, like Mozgov. And then I also hear how like crazy he is on the court that he's apparently maybe has spit on players before during games really and, and kind of wrestles around with guys as a like loves to foul sometimes so. he's like the bill romanowski of uh of the serbian league he might be a little bill lambeer a little, little, bill little Romo. Hey, you know what bill lambeer wasn't too bad i just watched that 30 for 30 about the pistons oh that's a great one and uh i had always liked them but i was young but uh, I'd always hated Bill Lambeer because of that Beastie Boys song. Um, but again, I always liked the bad boys. But then I didn't realize at the time, and this is a little off topic, of course, I didn't know that they were like wearing Raiders stuff. If I had known they were wearing Raiders stuff, that would have pissed me off quite a bit. Well, they were the but bad that, boys. But that never, I mean, yeah, they were the bad boys, but I didn't know they were wearing Oak or L.A. Raiders stuff. That's right, but the L.A. Raiders gear exploded in the early early nineties because they were gang colors. Yeah, before they moved back to Oakland. Same with the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, who had the same colors. Yeah, that uh, the white, gray, and black. This, this is a little known fact um, about silver ab- about the the uh, the first guy the Nuggets took in the draft. But um, Yusuf Nurkic is actually the artist formerly known as Cat Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> So, Les broke that one out on draft night. <laughs> what do you guys I thought think? I'd reprise that. It got, it got laughs that night. I thought I'd bring it back. <laughs> what do you guys think if, uh, if Nurkic doesn't pan out? What does that, that kind of say to the fan base? or What, what kind of lasting impression is that going to be if, if we never hear anything from this guy? I, 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 okay. This is a setup because Nate and I talked about this previously okay. in the week. Um, I don't think it matters. I think everyone knows he's a prod project, and they're going to treat him as such. And I just don't think it's like what was sold to us with, say, Nicholas Skidishvili, who was sold to us like the great, the next Dirk Nowitzki when he was drafted. They're not doing that with the Nuggets. They're saying, this guy's going to need some work. So I don't think it's going to be a situation that's the same as Skida. Well, look, everybody they drafted that night, in the first and second round, 19 years old. Yep, 19 They're years all going to need work. Yep. There are no LeBron James or Kobe Bryants here coming right out of high school yeah. and, and NBA ready. They're all projects. They're all two to three years away minimum. Yep. And big guys usually take even a little longer sometimes. Um, but but I, I think it will imp- impact the way they move forward. And I'll tell you why. Look, I get it. Tim Conley and a lot of his staff are very well-versed when it comes to international basketball. They know these Europeans... They know the guys down under very, very well, maybe better than most every other NBA team. So at times they're going to lead towards drafting or signing those guys. But we have such a bad history of Euros coming to the Nuggets in this town that if Nurkic doesn't pan out, they're going to be gun-shy about going that route again because right now, after taking two Euros of three picks on draft night, they're getting criticized for it. Yeah, I mean, I was getting texts from from big Nuggets fans who were saying, "Damn it, 
Another Euro that's a project, another Euro that's going to be stashed overseas. Hey, they got another guy, Joffrey Laverne, yeah. who they signed last year, yeah. who's staying overseas. So I, I think, I think the, if Nurkic doesn't pan out, and we're not, we're not going to know that for another, I don't know, three, four years, um, it's going to be hard for them to take another one without being panned by their fan base. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I, think, I don't think they can go 0 for 3, and that would be Erythras, Renzias, whatever his name was. I mean, people still know him. We still reference him. Yeah. I still write about him. Jeff does. Andy does. I mean, people still remember that name. Skidishvili, we still obviously remember his name. And Nurkic would be Can't just another it. in the line. Can't spell it, but we remember it. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah I would just go with Skida on that one. Skida. Well, you remember Skida was the MVP of Summer League. He was. He was indeed. <laughs> yeah. He actually won that. And then, uh, you know, I thought, I thought Tim did a, a, a pretty good job of, of trying to temper expectations after the draft in regards to Nurkic and just saying how he was going to take time, how, you know, he's only been playing basketball for five years. And it's like, so if you have all these doubts about him, why did you take him 16th kind well, of thing? Yeah, but Ross, we'll, we'll see. Ross, what do, you, what, do you have any thoughts about them taking Euros in the, in the first round? We don't need more project players. We need players from the projects. That's my philosophy. Ooh, I like that. Okay. If they went by that, hard there. It's been, <laughs> we've been having these conversations about these Euro players for years. Yes, we have. It all pans out the same way. Maybe we'll trade Jurkic or Jerkic for Nene or something like we traded Fournier it's jo- for his name is jo- Aflalo. His name is Jokic. Jokic, <laughs> excuse me. Jokic, or he's pronounced Jokic in his home country. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> But, I mean, you'll hear that, though, from fans. I mean, fans were terrified. Like Les said on Twitter, I got a lot of people that were telling me I was being a homer for trying to defend the pick and stuff. And but did that have more to do with McDermott than the pick? Yeah, definitely. I mean, listen. I think both. I think it's a combination. Yeah, I mean, I mean let's they face it. They wanted McDermott. They didn't want another Euro. They, yeah. they wanted McDermott. And it made and, it combustible, you know? And McDermott is – they don't look at the, the, the Nuggets roster and try to fit at it fit within it the same way the three of us do the four of us do and i don't see i don't see him being that way but a lot of people saw it and like mcdermott you know and is less saying the next great white hope maybe not that simplistic but maybe that was true too but the nuggets i mean the nuggets have you know boots on the ground uh, like Les was alluding to as well i mean they have guys overseas in multiple cities meeting with these guys pouring over their numbers meeting with the coaches yeah, you know players. the problem though nate we don't know how good Tim Conley and his staff is. Right. We just don't know. Yeah. Simply because they've only been here about a year. So, if nothing else, Nuggets fans, if you're listening, we've got to give them a chance to prove themselves right or to prove themselves wrong. Yeah, totally. We shall find out. You might want to think about putting boots on the ground in Gary, Indiana, or <laughs> Indianapolis, or somewhere like that. You know, just a thought. So you could do so we could draft the Jacksons. Well, I was going to say too. I, I think I think we should all tune in to uh, Les's show tomorrow, where we're obviously probably going to hear that the Nuggets need more players, not yes, their projects, uh, but <laughs> from the project. I like that. screwed that. Can up I steal so that line? Yeah, you can have it, Les. <laughs> Need for <laughs> I want fewer players who are projects and more players from the projects. Was that? Did I get that right? That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah kind of. All right, I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> that's one of Ross's sayings. That's not one we could put on a coffee mug, but <laughs> you can. Well, you could. And my yeah. wife is in the promotional products business, so if you'd like to buy them from her, <laughs> I can give you her work phone. <laughs> But it was an interesting draft nonetheless. They bring a follow back. His press conference, of course, uh, Monday afternoon, uh, he was back saying all the right things, even hinted at the fact that the Nuggets might be a, a championship caliber team. Oh, he team. didn't hint. He said it. He said exactly that, yeah. Yeah, we were. I was there. I asked the last question of the uh, press conference, and it was, it was very brief. Uh, they held it in the Blue Sky Grill, so I was hoping that, you know, they would serve us some, you know, buffalo burgers or something like that, but they didn't. But it was, it was, you know, a good press conference. It was typical Aaron DeFlalo. Aaron DeFlalo, as I remember him. I was know? hoping that somebody was going to ask the question of, Aaron, can you turn to Josh and say, I told you so about the trade a couple of years ago? I, mean, <laughs> I got you, you fool. Yeah. And you're back. <laughs> He's definitely an upgrade. As, oh, yeah. as yeah. well as yeah. Randy Foy played second half of the season, 
Um, and as much of a leader as Randy Foy has turned out to be, a flaw is an upgrade because he plays the defensive end of the court and can score and is a leader Absolutely. like Foy. Absolutely. And I'm not quite sure that I know Foy's kind of a leader by example guy. I don't know if he's a getting Vocal. guy's face if they're doing something wrong where I don't know if Oflalo's that way either, unless you probably spent some time with him in the locker room. I, I never got a chance to. Well, Aaron will spend more time moving around the locker room talking to guys one-on-one. They don't really have anybody like that right now, do they? No, they don't. I mean, they're dying for Ty Lawson. We've had two regimes now asking Ty Lawson to be that guy, but he hasn't stepped up, so I don't think he's capable of being that guy. So you got to go out and get some guys like that. Even last season, almost felt like J.J. Hickson was kind of Ty Lawson's bodyguard in the locker room. I mean, he was almost always like next that, to yeah. him. and. You're, you're right about joking. that. It was you are weird. Right. You are right. You're, and that's a great observation because uh, Hickson would basically camp, put himself right next to Ty, and it was like, it was kind of like that. Almost like you couldn't really get Ty to be more open and serious. Yeah, serious. It's <laughs> always like you know, you know, have a, your well, own PR on. person. Guys, next you know to what's him. been going on. I mean, it started with with Masai and, and George Carl constantly texting Ty, constantly talking to him one-on-one, asking him to be that guy, the leader. And he just, and, and, and then it, you know, it, it happened last year as well, they were asking him. And it just, it, it hasn't happened. And I don't that think, guy I don't think it's going to happen. That guy doesn't need to be texted. You know, if that That's guy true. doesn't need a true. text message true. asking him to be that guy. That yeah, guy is you know just what? that guy. But you know what, they wanted the guy with the ball in his hands and all that talent to be the guy desperately he just he doesn't have that mental makeup i don't think would you agree yes ty is very casual but it, it doesn't have to be him i mean I, it, it could no be anybody. it doesn't have to be it, no it could be well i know there's a couple of players that the nuggets have indicated that they would like they to take should on pick that role. one of the guys that knows english that's just my little two cents on that one of the guys that knows english to be that guy well, i don't <laughs> know I, if they went to to uh, nurkic and asked him i'm sure his <laughs> response would be I so so happy to do that. In my country, team leader eats you. <laughs> I'll tell you this: after you see the picture of uh, Norkic's dad, uh, who is, look appears to be a giant, you won't you you would probably be more inclined to listen to him when he says "shape up." Well, he told us his dad weighs four hundred pounds. Jeez, yeah, he's a big guy. He had this. There's this picture of him that's been floating around the internet of him grasping this glass, which is about the size of a pint, right? Pint glass. And his hand is enveloping the entire thing. Yes. Well, I understand the beer bottles in that picture are not normal-sized beers. They're like European bigger beers. I don't know if they're bombers, but, I mean, it makes it look like it's a baby like, That's shooter insane. bottle. It's crazy. That is absolutely but insane. I don't think his dad's going to be able to get in the locker room and do much with the team, so we're probably SOL. You never well, know. if he gets in the locker room, there won't be room for the team. <laughs> <laughs> also very true. Yes. Also very true. Are you guys? What do you guys want to see more? Uh, what title in Denver would most appeal to you guys? Which which major franchise winning the whole thing? Nuggets. It's <laughs> ridiculous. You mean excluding the Super Bowl? Your question is: What is the number one thing outside of the Super Bowl? Okay, then I can't participate. <laughs> I'm with Russ. I, it's the Broncos. <laughs> really? Yeah, because it means more to this community than anything else. We've already seen it the twice, though. I can't get enough. Can't Seriously, get this community can't get enough Yeah. of the Denver Broncos. I agree with Jeff on this point. And number two would be the World Series. Far and away. I mean, that's the farthest thing away that we are. Right now, we're farthest away from a World Series. Pennant? Is that, do they call them pennants? Pennant. <laughs> if you win your league, it's the pennant. <laughs> okay. That's right. If you win the World farthest. Series, they call that the World Series. Okay, so we're the farthest <laughs> thing away from the World Series. So that would be number two. I then disagree. Hockey, then hockey. Then the MLS Cup. I don't know. That's it. I, there's no other sports, right? <laughs> then Outlaws. <laughs> See, the Nuggets have, listen, nuggets. The people have been waiting so long for the Nuggets to like for, like forever, like since 1967, when they first got here, and it's like that's. I think it has to be them. Guys, remember this? Well, in your mind, maybe. <laughs> but we know, less, <laughs> but two out of the four people here don't think so. So fifty percent. <laughs> yeah. So you go Super Bowl one less, and you're a baseball guy. You played baseball. Would you go baseball number two, or would you go Nuggets number two? I'd go baseball number two because I I think. Really deep down in the core of, of every American's sports soul is a love for baseball. Right? 
Huh? Field of Dreams. Field Who's with me? Who's with me here? Huh? <laughs> then Nuggets, then Avalanche. <laughs> I go Nuggets one, but that's completely biased. <laughs> Obviously, it's all I watch is NBA games. We were even texting, uh, me and Jeff and Andrew were texting the other night, and Andy's texting us how he's watching NBA TV like I love the 80s or... Yeah, Andrew's in love with Hades basketball. <laughs> well, I mean, what's there not to love? That, those were the Lakers' Showtime teams, and the Celtics with all those Hall of Famers. That was great basketball. The Dr. J's Philly team. I mean, look, look, look at it this way, Nate. When the San Antonio Spurs looked so good dismantling the Miami Heat, passing the ball around, rebounding, playing defense, hitting big shots, what did we compare them to? We compared them to the Lakers and the Celtics of the 80s yeah. because that's when basketball was at its greatest. So here's From another, a team standpoint, yeah, I'll see a lot of this. Uh, I'll see a lot of people use the comparison of, you know, there's only been nine different teams to win an NBA championship since 1980. Is there kind of a? I think people forget the dynasties during from 80 to to now. I mean, you had Lakers, you had Pistons, you had Celtics, Bulls, Spurs. Spurs, I mean, and then the Heat, I guess now, but Houston won a couple. Houston, but I mean, you had you had such good teams; it was so hard to get past those teams. Yeah, and there was a lot of like passing of the torch that was going on too, from you know Celtics to Lakers to Pistons to Bulls. Yeah, to Jordan leaving and the Rockets. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of torch passing. I, I just think people saying, "Well, there's only been nine champions since 1980," is kind of besides the point it's like well that's just because there's been well-run franchises and, well, and really good players see, in those in places the, you can't get past in the nba because there are only five players on the court and one or two guys can dominate a game and dominate a season um the teams that are supposed to win in the nba do yeah i mean it's that simple and don't you you find don't that- see that in baseball and football and hockey every year you see a lot of surprise teams winning Stanley Cups and winning Super Bowls yeah. and winning World Series titles. And when you guys but in the NBA, at the beginning of every season, you know there are only four, maybe five teams that could and should and will win the NBA title, and it's inevitable they do. And isn't the sport of basketball kind of like that? Like when you're growing up, if you remember the good teams of your youth, like was, weren't, didn't they have the best players when you play at the rec center? Don't you kind of quickly figure out who the best guy is at the rec center, and that guy's team is, it's I don't the know, nature winning of the all the time? Yes, it's the nature of the sport. Because there are at only every, five players on the court. At every level, though, right? I mean, it's it's yes. at every level the best player in basketball is the guy that controls the games. Ross, you know, you well, too, not right? if you watch yeah. Hoosiers. Well, <laughs> there are some exceptions. That was the best team, and the best team That's can also right. win, right? That's right? Yeah, well, listen, when the Mavs won and they beat the Heat, they were the best team in that year. There was no doubt about it. They were playing the best as a team. You know what? That's not how I look at it. Really? You know how I look at it? The best player on the court, for some reason, kept deferring. That's why I think the Dallas Mavericks won that title over LeBron James and the Miami Heat. You think he kept deferring too much to Dwayne Wade? I I just think he kept deferring too much. So should there be in Denver, should there be a, ah, geez, you know, we're not going to win a title, so we should just have a fun team to watch. Or should it be you're striving for a championship? Well, let me ask you this. Two years ago when they won 57 games, did you enjoy that season? Yeah. Did you think they were going to win an NBA title? I thought healthy that they had a shot. At winning an NBA title? Yeah. Really? I thought they had a shot to get to the finals. Well, I'm with you. That was a great season. I didn't think they were going to win. Yeah. The other example I used was after Orton was benched and Tebow came in, I knew that team was not a, for the Broncos was not a Super Bowl team, but that was some of the funnest football fan experience I've ever had. Well, maybe for you. Well, <laughs> well, and then the other thing is, you know, with Peyton Manning now, it's not as much fun <laughs> as it is stressful because we're expecting them to win a Super Bowl. I mean, you're talking about how fun it is to watch your team have improbable victories and all this stuff. That year, two years ago, was some of the funnest. And the most invigorated I've seen the Nuggets fan base in a long time. Yeah. Even this year, when they were kind of mediocre and didn't make the playoffs, there was still still more excitement than I think even when Carmelo Anthony was here. And it was like, okay, this is the eighth year in a row we're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. So there is that. Being... Having fun being a fan does not necessarily mean you have the best team. Yeah, it's no, not, that's true. I mean, they're mutually exclusive. That's true. And, you know, you can't have 
you know, the meathead football fans saying, you know, it's championship or bust because, well, quite frankly, that concept only exists in football. That concept can only exist in football because you have one-way players, 56-man rosters, 52 or 56, enormous rosters that can churn endlessly because of the, uh, the amount of players that they have on their uh, 52. F- 53. Less is uh, giving me hand signals. <laughs> He's trying to help me out. Uh, <laughs> but you have that churn, and then you also have practice squads. And you, you basically will never run out of opportunities to get better quickly. You know, in NBA and in basketball itself, it's just so hard to do. So you have to make a decision whether you're going to enjoy the sport itself, the actual sport itself, or you're just going to give up because you can't, you don't envision them well, having a well, championship. No, what's wrong? If you're not going to win an NBA title, and sorry, Nate, I didn't think they were going to win an NBA title that year. Yeah. But if you're not going to win an NBA title, and the Nuggets knew they weren't going to win an NBA title, yeah. isn't it okay to be a fun, entertaining, exciting team? I think it is. I mean, you know, what's the alternative? Yeah. I'm not going to win an NBA title, and we're just going to suck. We're not going to be entertaining at all. No. You know what? They're not going to win an NBA title this year either. So I hope they play really good basketball, and they show us the potential that down the road they've got some guys on this roster who might be able to help them win an NBA title at some point. I fully agree. I also think it's funny, though, like what people consider to be fun and entertaining basketball. I thought what the Spurs did this year, like sharing the ball, passing it around, finding the open man. Pleasure to watch. That's fun, entertaining basketball. It doesn't have to be this, like, fast break, run and gun offensive showcase. Like, you can have a, a good defensive team, and that can be fun, entertaining basketball. Like, if you like the sport kind of basketball, of. there's a lot to like about the game if you play it the right way. How many people thought the Indiana Pacers were fun? Yeah. Probably everybody in Conseco Fieldhouse. <laughs> I don't. They were booing them during the playoffs. They didn't even think they were fun. Well, they were but, bad. This yeah, they did. But, you know, fun basketball is fun when everyone is getting behind the team. Everyone remembers the Western Conference Finals run the Nuggets made five years ago. Everyone enjoyed it, but everyone knew in a sense that there had a ceiling. But everyone enjoyed it, and it was exciting. You Can know? you be fun and entertaining if you only win 15 games? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. No. <laughs> Not for a fan. Not for a fan. So if they run and gun and only win, like, 20 games... They did that under Paul Westhead. Yeah, Paul right. Westhead. <laughs> yeah, that, was Those that? games were vile to watch. Yeah. Those were the most awful games I've ever seen. Yeah, but you're taking the extreme, Nate. I mean, 57 Perhaps. wins, that was a really entertaining season. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, that place was rocking every single night. You can't tell me that 17,000 people didn't enjoy watching that every night. Yeah, very true. And I, I thought when they won in, on March 18th in Chicago and then went March 19th to Oklahoma City and won a game again, that they were the best basketball team in the NBA at that point, which gave me hope heading into the postseason. That was the Andre Miller speech game. They had the big rousing locker room speech before they played Oklahoma City. Boy, I miss him. Come on, guys. Let's win this one. Yeah. That was a joke. We'll see what happens. Hopefully Nurkic will be the next uh, Shaquille O'Neal and lead us to multiple titles. Multiple titles. Multiple. Multiple. Not just one. Multiple. Ross, you want getting to a little, this one up for us? Getting a little piggish there, aren't you, Nate? <laughs> <laughs> not one, not two, <laughs> not, three. Not, not three. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, fellas, this has been a lot of fun. Yes. We got to wrap this up, huh? We're done? You wanted me to end this? I'm just getting started. Les Shapiro's just getting started. He'll be here. Jake's <laughs> fine food and spirits. Nate will be, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Les will be entertaining the people at the bar. And, uh, remember to tip your waiter. Yeah, remember to come check out Jake's <laughs> Fine Food and Spirits. It's a great place. 3800 Walnut. Also, don't forget to support the people that support our podcast, the Denver Chop House. And also check out Amazon.com, but click through the banner at ColoradoSportsGuys.com first before you make your normal purchases. All that goes into the uh, the fun to give us more uh, microphone cords so uh, Nate and I don't have to share <laughs> microphones. I thought we were going to talk movies before this thing was over. I guess not, huh? Oh, well, no, no. talk about that movie you recommend, the Chef movie. Highly recommend Chef. Is that with John Favreau? Yes. This is not a well-kept secret anymore. It's a really good movie. It's a feel-good movie. Is it? And Lord knows we don't have enough feel-good movies out there. Is that a? Is that in, still in the movie theaters? I movie? believe it is. Okay. You'll have to go to the uh, the, the Foofy movie theaters, though. 
where like they the show Esquire yeah, and, the, yeah, and the Landmark and, Landmark, uh, yeah. and the Chez Artiste, Chez Artiste, as we yes. say in France. Yes, yes, Chez Artiste or the Mayan. Yes, is yeah. it a comedy drama? Yes, both. Primarily a comedy. It's a dramedy. It's a coming of age about a chef. <laughs> it's about. I see it. I like it's about, it's about Guy Fieri. It's about a young <laughs> chef's journey from Milan to Minsk. <laughs> Rochelle, Rochelle. <laughs> By Woody Allen. Perfect. Well, yeah, I haven't seen it, Ross. Have you heard of it? I'm surprised you haven't seen it. You got the baby. I haven't seen movie. I haven't seen a movie in forever. But I'm going to check out Chef. Maybe tomorrow. And I told him to check out that movie I suggested last week, which you should check out too. What is that? The uh, Last Will and Testament of Rosalind Lee. Oh yeah, sounds terrible. <laughs> hey, the last movie I recommended to you, you liked. I don't remember what it was, but I remember you liked it. I probably found it on my own and then was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get out of here. Les, thanks for joining us, man. Sure, thank you, Les. for asking me, guys. Yeah, we'll do it again next week. Maybe Les Shapiro will be back. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> we'll see you then. <laughs>